Welcome to the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Get ready to enter the portal of your cosmic heart so you feel bliss, joy, and union within. With each episode, you will learn practical ways to embody love in your life so it is felt and experienced. Co-hosted by Nasreen Barbeck and Jessica Falcon. Hello and welcome to Radically Embody Love podcast. This is Nasreen Barbeck with my lovely co-host, Jessica Falcon. And today we have a special guest, Jennifer Spur. She is a spiritual advisor, channel, and Akashic Record trauma-informed master, consultant, and teacher. Welcome, Jennifer. We are so glad you could join us today. And I would like to start with you sharing a little bit about, about your background and how this path found you. Yeah, I love how you phrase that, how the path found me. It did indeed find me. That's usually how it works, right? Isn't it? <laughs> uh, I, so my origin story really, it, it story really, it's been several years at this point before I move forward with that I I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for having me on and and for the the warm welcome what a blessing you know to to be able to be in this space to have this conversation today um many years ago it's been probably 11 or 12 years at this point I had a whole other career in in corporate and essentially I reached a space in my life like so many other people where I had checked off all the boxes of what traditional society teaches us that it means to achieve success and so um I've always been someone who has been driven and motivated by pursuing things that I truly in my heart believe in so I essentially reached a place on my path where there were no more promotions. I didn't feel like there was anything else to master or learn. And, and I often say that's really when the fog started to lift. Despite that, I, I did at that time right away start spending more time outside of my career on my spiritual development and studies and developing, you know, my psychic gifts and all the things. Uh, however, I did not take action to make changes in my career for so many reasons that were fear-based. Um, you know, could I do anything else? Could I find a career making the same amount of money that I was and, and all of the things? It, it really was probably about a year and a half to two years after that realization that I actually made the change. <laughs> Um, and the catalyst at the time was my mother's uh, diagnosis with terminal cancer. At the time, I was living in New Jersey, and she was living in, in Idaho, uh, which is where I grew up. And I was flying back and forth to be with her and my family as much as possible during that time. And there was one day in particular that I was sitting by her bedside a few days before she transitioned, and 
just to put this into context to say my career, I was I was a corporate director for store operations for a $12 billion company at the time. So I had this kind of job where, you know, I was on all the time. So I was sitting at her bedside and my phone was blowing up, you know, ringing, whatever, with, with some issue that, right, could have been prevented <laughs> with the stores. And I found myself kind of like in this vortex at that particular moment, looking at my phone and then looking at my mom. And that was it. I decided in that moment that I was finished with giving my power away, that I wasn't stuck, that I had no idea what was going to happen after that. (laughs) I just knew that my my courage had, had exceeded my fear in that moment. And that was the beginning of, of that change. And so, you know, it, it was a transition. What ended up happening is there was no remote work culture at that point. And, and so I ended up being given an ultimatum at the time I wanted to move closer to my family to Idaho. So I was given the choice to make either step down from my career or you know, stay where I was. And so I obviously decided to (laughs) leave my career. It wasn't a fit anymore. And I ended up moving out to Idaho. It's, it's much like the lyrics of a country song. I literally (laughs) rented out my house in New Jersey, packed up my car and headed out West. I drove cross country in four days by myself when I, when I made that move. And I didn't know that I was going to be doing the work that I'm doing now and that I was going to start a business when I moved. That didn't happen until later. Um, I moved and, and to sustain, you know, some portion or resemblance of an income at the time, (laughs) I stayed on with my company as a consultant to help tie up loose ends where I had been a primary stakeholder. Um, It was really the unfolding of my personal ascension journey of that awakening that brought me to starting a solid business, to doing the work that I do today. What happened, which was also a catalyst during that journey, um, I had invested in lots of, you know, like uh, training and therapists and, and readings and all of the things, right? What I was hard pressed to find at the time was someone who could actually support me and hold space for me to integrate everything that I was experiencing into my physical reality to make to sort out all of the changes that were happening in my life and my career and my relationships and help me to manifest, you know, essentially who I I was becoming. And that's what inspired me to, to do the work that I do today. Hmm. Such a beautiful journey. I'm sure there's so much more. <laughs> there is. That's the cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many parallels also between my journey and your journey. And, uh, you know, driving across the country. I've also done that and not to move, but just going back and forth, driving across the country. Yeah. And, 
And, um, and, and also being in a very, NAS also was in a very successful career and a different, whole different world, right? That is anything but spiritual. And, and for me, it was being an attorney and then kind of having the same thing where the path finds you. And, and what I really want to talk a little bit more about is how, you know, when we're living this quote, normal life, achieving in the way we're told to achieve and what is supposed to be successful and responsible and good. And for me, it was a path I just followed because it was all I knew. It was all I'd ever been told. You, you achieve, you succeed, you do what you want. And, and at the time it was right. What our soul wanted, that was the path our soul wanted at Mm -hmm. that time. And it served us in those ways. But when we start to transition and when the soul is ready for more of its ascension, when the soul is ready to open to the invisible realm in which we begin to realize there's way more to the world than meets the eye. And we start to wake up to ourselves, the truth of who we are, not these roles and these false identities, but the truth of who we are. In that process, I agree, it was hard for me to find, even though I was doing all of these spiritual things and readings and healings and it was also hard for me to really feel like I could embody it and integrate it and live that way. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in that time of transition, for me, the hardest part was trusting what I was beginning to feel and sense and see inside mm-hmm. and not what everybody else in the world was telling me to do. And I know that trust is also something that you're passionate about of that trust being what guides us into the other realm and eventually having to surrender into that. But that transition period before we get there and trust for me has been a year years long journey. It's a huge mm-hmm. thing. Um, of that transition period of going, okay, I'm doing all the quote right things, but I'm feeling more. My soul's asking for more. That in between, it's so it's so hard. It's so hard for the ego. It's so hard for our safety, our nervous systems. And I would love to talk more about that, that period, that transition of how you navigated it and, and any advice or tips for our listeners. Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So good. And this is actually something that I teach in pretty much with everybody that I work with um, is how I started to learn to cultivate that, right? It really is the awareness that we have two voices, right? One is the ego and, and one is our intuition. It's our soul's guidance, right? And understanding the difference between the two. So understanding that our soul's guidance is always going to help us to navigate our expansion. And it's often going to be neutral. It's going to come from a place of love. Okay, the ego mind is the one that questions, that gets us stuck on the hamster wheel of constantly questioning ourselves and what's going to happen if I do this? What will happen here? What will happen there? And uh, and it's fear-based. All of the fear-based things that that occur in our minds come from the ego mind. So first, being able to discern between the two. And then the next step is, is really getting acutely tuned into 
how does your soul's guidance speak to you? How does it come through for you? Because that is different for different people, right? To, you know, there are a lot of clairs, but to really just briefly move through the top four, you know, knowing, hearing, seeing, feeling, right? Starting there to understand, okay, whether someone, you know, whatever place they are in their life, right? Everybody's had at least one instance where something happened or they just knew something or they felt it or they saw it, right? So I often, in order to help people to anchor in to feeling that that soul's guidance, I ask them to reflect back on that, right? So start there in terms of your ability, you know, to anchor that in. That then really is directly connected to what I teach a lot about, which is knowing what truth feels like in your body, right? Especially in the transformational times that we're living in, uh, where for thousands of years, you know, these systems, these institutions, these ways of living and being that have been in place are crumbling. And and did they ever really work that well anyway? (laughs) That's another podcast episode, right? But especially living in a time where there's so much turmoil in the world and there's a lot to care about. So knowing what truth is for you is an absolute foundational component of navigating your path forward in every area of your life. Yeah, I love what you said, Jennifer. And Ego is loud the way I see it, right? And then your soul is whispering. So for us to be able to hear that intuition, we really need to quiet down a little bit. Because the ego, quiet down the ego mind, because ego is so loud that in a way it's taking over and we can hear that soul calling or our intuitive messages that come true until we either quiet down through meditation or connect with our body. And we are becoming more and more multi-sensory being. And we can rely more than just on our five senses, you know, and then connecting deeper with our being and being in that and trusting, which we talked about, we can always talk about that is just the key aspect of how we can let go and trust that quiet voice that is not as loud of our ego and just be willing to connect deeper and align with that. And I think after practicing that and we see how things change for us deeply, we can more and more create that trust, and then open up more avenue to receive, which is amazing. I mean, there there are so many ways that I can think of as my own path, my own journey has moved. I have learned how to receive in different ways that I couldn't even think about this. Right now, for me, it's the nature. I just go to nature, and I'll just open up and receive so much from it. So... It is a beautiful journey that needs inquiry within, needs mm-hmm. us to spend time with ourselves to learn who we truly are and to trust our intuitive senses that we were never 
taught how to trust, right? And because we are always been living in a culture that put all the emphasizes in our thinking, our mind, and not really getting all the true wisdom and information of our body and doing that. So I would love it if you like, just take us to that alignment that you found within yourself, the moment that you felt that you could trust that intuitive voice within you. And not only that, trust the guide that comes to you, even though it might sound crazy, the path that is your call to take, but just allowing yourself to go there and trusting something really bigger than yourself to take over. Yeah. You guys have the best questions. <laughs> um, first, I would say, you know, that it really isn't about any one moment. It's about being in devotion every day. Every conscious moment is, is how that, that's cultivated. It's having the awareness and then also having daily practices and ways of being and living in your physical reality that support that, that support the cultivation of that, right? I would say, and interestingly, I'm being guided really strongly right now just to, before I continue on to say that making a conscious decision to do the trust fall <laughs> um, doesn't mean that you're without fear. I always define being fearless as not being without fear rather than the ability to make a conscious decision to move through it. That's really the way forward. So know that you can do it scared and be compassionate with yourself and loving with yourself the way that a parent would be in unconditionally loving a child as you're moving through this journey. Because there's also a lot of really deep societal and transgenerational programming around that if we're not at the destination, then we're not good enough. And it's just not true. So for me, a big component of cultivating that was and still is today meditation specifically mindfulness meditation um it's interesting because a lot of people say they can't meditate <laughs> and again it's not a light switch it's not about just okay i'm instantly zen in a zen space you know it's a practice that's done every day it's making the conscious decision to honor yourself by creating that space where you can integrate peace and love. I want to say like, I don't even want to say integrate into because we already are love and peace. It's more about igniting what already lies within yourselves. So creating the space through mindfulness meditation to do that, I always recommend that people cultivate that practice without a guided journey, that just learning to be able to sit in that space of silence to be completely present to what's around you, what you're feeling within you. 
I would say is, is the biggest contributor to cultivating that trust and embracing, again, trusting, you know, what feelings, sensations, guidance comes forward for you and having the willingness to follow that. This is where a lot of people are challenged and I've experienced it on my own journey too, right? It's like, oh, well, I'm feeling guided to leave my career, you know, like, whoa, put on the brakes, you know? Uh, (laughs) I'm not so sure about that, you know? And then our ego mind starts to get louder and louder around, well, this is not the right time. What am I going to do for money and this and that and the other? And, And the ego fosters that illusion of separation, as humans, we're really cute and we tend to complicate things that although profound are actually very simple in concept to follow. So it really is, it's creating that space and then it's making the conscious decision to move through the ego's questioning, Uh, which something else that's really helpful is to soothe the ego, to acknowledge it, right? You know, I hear you and I know that you're an aspect of me and you love me and that you're trying to keep us safe and I acknowledge you and then set them aside. They're like a team member. They want to be heard, (laughs) you know, when they are, (laughs) then you can move forward, right? A lot of people will also kind of like try to poo-poo the ego or, you know, talk about it like it's a bad thing and it's not. It's an aspect of us, of our being and and our experience. So that and then supporting that, right, with then taking the inspired action, the, the physical action that you're feeling inspired to take. And again, that comes through what you receive in meditation, in a meditative state. Um, it can also come through your soul's guidance, right? In lots of ways. Again, it could be a knowing, it could be a feeling. Some people, you know, get the chills or certain signs come along to validate for them, right? That they're on the right path. And the more that you do that, follow those steps, the more synchronicities you'll notice. And that's really what the path is about. It's not knowing the path ahead it's embracing living in the present moment and and leaning into that trusting that guidance I really love how you call it a devotion because I was literally just talking with two different clients yesterday about that this is it is a devotion if you want to walk the path of soul it is not a quick fix it's not a, I, I do it in a hurry and I'm done and I'm over with it. It is a daily devotion to choosing soul, to choosing love, to honoring the truth you have inside of you. And as you said, we can't know that truth inside of us, our own truth, if we're not taking the time and creating the space to hear that truth, to discover that truth, to know what that truth is inside of us, not the one everyone else around us is dictating for us as making us good enough and making us successful and all the things, but that 
the soul truth, which resides inside of us and comes up from the body, Mm -hmm. not down from the head. And that's also another way to distinguish between ego and soul, because ego is generally going to be more in the head area and coming from that place. And soul is generally going to be felt and experienced and known and from the body, from the heart. I like to say the soul frequency is one of love. The soul is love. Mm -hmm. And so I love, I also have a similar way of guiding people to know that difference between ego and soul is, is it rooted in love? And, and I think that's when we have these fears of trusting the soul that come up, it really is about aligning that part of our ego and separation and fear to the soul's truth because the ego is so much of our individuated i'm separate just human self it thinks it's limited to 3d reality but the soul knows it's not limited to 3d reality so as we align that ego that feeling of separation i'm just this this physical form and nothing more to the soul then it gets to expand so that the ego becomes an ally instead of an enemy, how it's treated in so many spiritual traditions. Because if we're treating our ego as an enemy, how are we cultivating love and wholeness? Right? We're not. Yeah, you're fostering the illusion of separation. Exactly. Yeah. Within the self. And, and we can't ascend that way because ascension is through love and our capacity to cultivate and devote to love. And I'm curious to talk about ascension. We haven't really talked about ascension very much on this podcast. And, and, you know, for me, soul embodiment, I'm a soul embodiment guide. And that is how I see ascension as embodying our divinity, embodying our soul, like bringing that through into our everyday life and bridging our humanity with our divinity. It's not one or the other, right? We get to ascend as both in physical form. That's how I see it. And I'd really love to hear you know, your own journey with Ascension and how you would even describe it yourself. Yeah, love this. So Ascension is about love. It's about living in in love and truth. And some people talk about surrender and some people talk about trust and some people talk about change and, and it's all interconnected. None of it exists in a silo, right? Uh, but it's ultimately about living in love and, and truth. And ascension is about balance. It's about achieving harmonization in all of your bodies, you know, doing that dance, establishing that cohesive dance between being part divine and being equally human, you know, embodying the soul uh, within the human body. Um, so in terms of getting a little more specific about that, right, it's really about body mastery. So it's your ethereal body, right? So energetically, spiritually, mentally, um, physically, emotionally, it's, it's all five of those. Uh, one body in particular, because I'm feeling like this will benefit a lot of the people that are listening, is mastering the emotional body. Um, our emotions are a great kind of like GPS indicator 
of where we're at with something, right? Ascension is, is about detachment too. So it's not about not caring about something. It's more about what I like to refer to as compassionate detachment. You know, you're able to step into an observer role and be neutral to your awareness and look at things more from the divine mind versus the ego minds to see that higher perspective. Um, something that I also, this is such a big topic. I mean, I could talk for hours about Ascension. Another uh, something else I'm feeling guided to mention is free will. Okay. So we, as humans, you know, we're having this human experience. We have free will and how we choose to use our free will is plays a really important role in our ascension journey as well, either in us moving forward to higher frequencies or, or staying stuck where we are. Right. So in every decision that you're making, being tuned into your soul's guidance in how you're living and being eliminates really having to think or feel into anything with free will, you know, but, but if you are looking at it, it's like, misuse of free will is what hinders our ascension. So if you're making decisions from the place of the ego, right, or you say you're doing something for one reason, however, your deeper motivations actually aren't true to that, you're misusing your free will. And that creates karma, right? Or like, you know, spiritual baggage. <laughs> you know, if we were all ascended, we wouldn't be here having this conversation right now. I mean, that's really what it is. It's like, I'm here, you guys are here, whoever is listening is here. That means we're we're here on this journey, um, moving through our experiences in this current lifetime and also tying up loose ends, so to speak, you know, from other lifetimes. Um, a lot of the clients I work with and a lot of people I know, you know, have been incarnating here and in other planets and other systems for a long, long time. And a lot of people are here right now to cultivate all of their soul's gifts to integrate into this lifetime and also to finish tying up karma or, or, or like any loose ends. This is also important to, to hear because, um, there's some intense energies, right? You know, especially as someone like yourself who is illuminating the way forward for others, there are seasons that it can feel really intense. Like, wow, like I <laughs> have to cultivate that deep sense of trust to like, you know, move through this. That's, uh, I think I mentioned before we hit record, I, I just co-authored a book where I talk about that journey in on my path, which actually was not all that long ago. It was probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago. I mean, there's the dark night of the soul. And if there were a dark, dark night of the soul, like that's what that would have been. <laughs> but to say, right, like, again, with Ascension, this is this is barely scratching the surface, but those are just a couple of, of main components that people can actually take what they hear from this conversation today and really like quantum leap into a higher frequency just from taking that. Yeah. 
absolutely. And one thing you said about uh, we have free will and we can, we have a way of making decision, I think, that is actually, sometimes I feel we say we have a choice, for most of us, we don't have a choice. And this is why, because we are unconscious. To be able to take advantage of your free will and make the right decision, when we call you have a choice, is you have to be aware. You have to be conscious of all the programming you have had and recognize, are you making that decision based on your past experience and programming, or are you truly acting on your free will, your soul will, and making a choice? Yeah. And that's like the very essential part is awareness, being conscious, and inquire within that why are you making that decision? Is your decision based on fear or you are aware of all the programming that we all have? And with that knowledge, we choose something else. That as you mentioned, fear is not that, oh, I'm fearless and I can act. We, I am fully aware that I have this fear, but I still choose to take a different path that obviously bringing that fear in me, right? So we're still acting based on that. So I think that is really important for us to be aware of, right? When we're making a decision um, and we do have free will, but most of us are not aware that we're really not using it in the right way because we still very much rely on our past experience and our, our cultural programming without knowing the beliefs that we have. And those are the ones that are making our decision, <laughs> right? So that's, I think, something that, as you said, really, we truly need to know that and also go deep within to see uh, why are we making decision the way we're making it and where is that coming from? Yeah, being honest with ourselves, mm. taking personal responsibility, being honest with ourselves about our true motivations behind the decisions we're making and coming from a space of love and feeling guided to say that when it comes to coming from a space of love and cultivating an embodiment of an energy and frequency of love, also making sure that you're in an aligned relationship with what love really is. This is really important because a lot of healers and, and I myself am a recovering chronic people pleaser, okay? <laughs> a lot of people actually can define love in a codependent way and it's really not that, right? So understanding what, what that means as well. So you're operating from, I call it a foundation of rocks versus a foundation of sand, right? Yeah, we have talked about that a lot in this, uh, you know, in our different episodes. And that's what we call a radically embodied love. And we define what we mean by love, <laughs> which is not a codependent and pleasing way that most of us have uh, seen and therefore learn to do conditional love, basically, not unconditional love. Yeah. Um, Jessica, honey, you're muted. 
thank you. Yeah, I was just saying, like, I love that you brought that in around what love is and isn't because it is such a passion. It's such a passion. We could literally probably just do a whole other episode on that together. Um, because it is really important to when we are choosing, you know, what to follow soul or ego, what to look at, what how to act from that place, it gets really confusing when we have been conditioned to love in a way that sacrifices the self, that denies the self, that is submission. Most often submitting to the other, putting them above us, because I know in my own journey as well, I unconsciously would see the divine in others but I wouldn't see it in myself. Mm -hmm. And ascension requires us to acknowledge the divine within. But particularly as women, we have been taught that the divine is not in us. And women were told, you have no soul. You are a property. You are a possession. You are literally nothing. You belong to man. Now, I think men have also suffered from the belief system that the divine is outside of them. They, the difference is they were granted divine authority over women, right? And so what it's created is these deeply embedded subconscious beliefs and programming that keep us, particularly those who are empathic and sensitive, as you referred to, Jennifer, keep us in this loop of not even realizing we're not being truly loving, we're being codependent or we're being self-sacrificing. And it's such deep, deep subject. Um, so I know we don't have time to do all of that today, but I'd love for you to at least leave like a final message for our listeners as they navigate this path of ascension, of coming to know what it means to choose love and, and no longer identify with the ego. What is your final parting wisdom? Gosh, I'm feeling very strongly guided to mention, which this could be a whole other conversation, but I want to plant the seed, <laughs> is that even with the awakening, the reawakening, I want to say remembrance, right, of the divine feminine, many also have a distorted conditioning of the masculine, yes. right? And so you can bring forward your creatrix energy, your divine feminine, and then still kind of like douse the fire, so to speak, you know, with then trying to, to implement what's coming forward for you through distorted perceptions around the masculine, the masculine, the, the divine truth of the masculine is that it's sacred and it operates in devotion to the feminine. So something to walk away with from this is that, again, honoring what's coming forward from your soul's guidance. And then whenever you are getting ready to take an action in any and all aspects of your being in your life, am I taking this action in devotion to my soul's guidance? Is it coming from the sacred masculine? That's what I would leave everyone with. I love mm. that. Thank you, Jennifer. Also know that you have a free gift for our audience. So would you like to say a little bit more about that? 
Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So my free gift is a guided meditation called Highest Destiny. It is a guided journey that is done in the Akashic Records. And it really um, guides you forward into that next level of expansion that you're feeling. It helps you to gain clarity and also provides healing and regeneration at a DNA level to help you to embody, you know, that clarity of whatever is coming forward for you. There's a very strong, like Hathor Isis energy in that meditation. And I've, I've had lots of people actually send me emails and messages that have listened to that meditation, telling me that they listen to it multiple times and that every time they have a new experience with it. I I love that. I'm excited to listen myself. I am Isis and Hathor are two of my primary guides. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Um, and where can our listeners find you? If you could put that in here so that they can know where to find you, your website, if you're on social media. Yeah. The best place to find me is my website, and that's jennifersporr.com. So just J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-S-P-O-R. You can find um, my other free meditations there. I also host my own podcast, Path of the Awakened Heart, and how I work with people. Everything is in that one location. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's been such a pleasure. And of course, we'll put all of our links in the show notes below. So go check out Jennifer's free gift and any offerings if you're resonating with the wisdom that she's so brilliantly gifted us with today. We appreciate your presence, your time, your energy, and it's been a blessing and honor to have you here. And we're also grateful to each of our listeners. Please leave us your comments. Let us know what this sparked for you. If you want to devote to your soul, leave us a little emoji. Let us know. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much.